we tend to focus more on what could go wrong than on what could go right, more on what we could lose than on what we could gain. Welcome to the La Dolce Vita Show, a woman's guide to living a fearless and fabulous life. My name is Heather Pickin, and I am here to give you that winning formula so that you can get clear on your vision, stay true to your values, and break through those mental walls. Check out my free resources at heatherpickin.com. This podcast is brought to you by Fierce Femme Wine, a woman's wine that inspires dialogue for change. Visit fiercefemme.com. So let's get ready as we uncover the formula to your success in business, career, and fabulous life. Well, hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of the, the La Dolce Vita Show, where we dive into the formula on what it takes to be a fearless woman in the world today. And I'm really excited to uh, bring on my guest today. Uh, she is definitely a woman that knows a thing or two about being brave. And it all started in her youth where she grew up in rural Australia on a dairy farm. Little did she know that training her horses would create the platform for her bigger mission in facilitating change for global leaders and Fortune 500 companies, organizations, and inspiring people worldwide to live boldly and be brave. She also sits on the advisory board of Forbes School of Business and Technology. Now, Margie is also the author of four books, Find Your Courage, Stop Playing Safe, Brave and Make Your Mark, and also the mother of four teenage kids. Now, when she's not writing, speaking, teaching, and traveling to over 70 countries, she's climbing mountains like mountain uh, Mount Kilimanjaro. <laughs> when you look at Margie's life, there is no excuse why you can't live a bolder and braver life too. Margie has also met leaders like Richard Branson and has definitely learned a thing or two. I don't think this woman stops. Uh, she is a confident woman who walks her talk with her lovely Australian accent. She's not afraid of sharing her own vulnerability uh, through her powerful use of storytelling and sharing useful strategies that you can implement today. So I want to welcome Margie Warwell to the show. Margie, thank you so much. <laughs> when you're reading that bio, I'm like, oh, wow, that, that's a lot. <laughs> no wonder I get tired some days. <laughs> it, it is. And you know, I, I was just thinking, I haven't even really read all of your bio. So for those that really want to dive into Margie's bio, wherever you're listening or watching uh, this, this show, you can, you can kind of dive into that. And I want to start there, Margie, because there's no way that you could be the woman that you are today with all of your accomplishments, uh, you know, in, in really being brave. And I, I was wondering if you could take us back to the moment where I was hearing about one of your stories where you started out on your vision and your mission and you thought you just wanted to coach clients. So tell yeah. me, what, what were you thinking in that moment and, and what really made you step up into that next level? Well, honestly, yeah, I started out, I mean, I was 
went to university, first person in my family to go to college actually, and studied business, started a corporate career. Um, and then I decided in my late 20s, early 30s, that I really wanted to get away from corporate marketing and, and really help people in dealing with the fears and the false beliefs that so often sabotage our own happiness and create so much suffering. And, and so I started out really just, just thinking, oh, yeah, I'll do be a psychologist. And then I heard of coaching and then I thought, well, I'll be a coach. And I started my business, I was living in Dallas, Texas, in Capel, Texas. And I decided, you know, my big vision was to have 20 coaching clients. And um, honestly, that was it. That felt really bold to me at the time. I had four young kids. And as I started going out, I didn't know anyone. I'd only moved to the US two years earlier. So I had to go out and do speaking in order to try and just get my name out there to get coaching clients. And it was as I went out and was speaking about the things I felt passionate around um, that I discovered actually I had a gift at speaking as well that I didn't even really... I, of. And so that kind of took me on a whole new trajectory. And then I decided to write my first book, Find Your Courage, which was for me a big act of courage. And honestly, there was never a strategic business plan. Um, it was always, I've always been driven by what it is that inspires me and what is it that brings life, you know, which is what the word inspire really means. And and along the way, I've realized, oh, I can do this and, oh, I can do that. And maybe I don't want to do what I thought I wanted to do. But we don't know until we go out there what it is that will really um, resonate most with us and actually even where our greatest strengths will lie. I, I love that. It, you know, that's such a great story. And, and, and you are a really uh, great storyteller. And so I want to go back even further, back to your childhood, because I heard about the stories um, with your horses. And, and to me, and you can correct me if I'm wrong, I think that's the really defining moment of what you really realized what it, what it takes to be brave and, and to have courage. Yeah, though, of course... You know, I didn't realize that at the time. Um, it's always easy to look back and go, ah, I got so much from that experience. At the time, I grew up on a small, well, small farm, a couple hundred acres um, in rural Australia, one of seven kids. My dad milked cows for 50 years. Mum was home with kids. So we didn't go anywhere. You know, we, we, I'd never been on a plane. I was on a plane till I was like 19. You know, we, we, there wasn't any money. So... But I had a horse and actually I, my dad bought me my first one and I won my second one in a raffle. There wasn't any money to buy a second one <laughs> and he was pretty wild. Um, and on both occasions, you know, learning to ride my first horse and then learning to tame this pretty wild second horse. Um, but yeah, we won literally five, 20 cents a ticket, six for a dollar and we won this horse. And, uh, and Every day I'd go out there before school and I would bridle up and saddle up and I would be scared and I would get thrown off and I didn't really know what I was doing. I was, you know, my, my father had never ridden horses. So it wasn't like I was trained. I had to kind of figure it out. I was a pretty rough rider. But what I learned over that experience of just day after day, kind of confronting, feeling nervous and afraid, but saddling up anyway, and then falling off and getting back on was in hindsight, looking back, I realized ah, I learned the power of courage when it comes to taking action in the presence of our self-doubts and the presence of our fears. And courage is, as I've written in my books and, and, is, and I often say on the stage, is, is a muscle. It, it actually is a muscle. 
and we grow it when we practice it. And every single time we take action in the presence of our fear, we dilute the power that fear has over us and we grow our own power, our own power to affect change in our own lives in the world around us. And so the concept of train the brave um, is one that I, I often talk about, that we, we get to train the bravery within us and we cannot wait until we feel sure and we feel confident and we know we can't fail. I, I can assure you every single day I have moments of self-doubt. You know, every time I get up on a stage till I have oh, moments, the little voice will pipe up. But I've, I've learnt do not give that voice power because if we give that voice power, it runs our life and we never get to know what we're capable of doing. We never get to express ourselves fully. We can't even build rich, rewarding relationships because they also require us to be brave in different ways. Mm, I love that. And for those that are uh, you know, thinking about picking up one of Margie's book, I highly recommend uh, Brave. Uh, I love the audio book because one of the things that I love to do when I'm working out at the gym is, is put an audio book on. So <laughs> that's what I did with uh, Margie's book. And, and, and what's interesting about that book, you break it down into very short, digestible mm. lessons that anyone could do. So it's not like you have to have a PhD. You can take all that information. No, and, and you know, it's funny with, with that book, Brave is my third book. And, uh, and I, my publisher said, you know, I would love to do another book with you. And I was like, you know, I'm so, so busy with four kids and life and traveling. And, and as my, cause I moved from the U S back to Australia right now, I'm actually living in Singapore, but I'm going to be moving back to the U S again. So I've moved around a, quite a lot often with my husband's work and, and when I wrote that book, I said, I have so many friends and people I know who are equally busy. And we struggle to sit down and read front, first page to last page of a big book that requires a lot of mental horsepower. I would love to write a book that's lots of short, easy to read chapters that people can pick up open on any page. And it'll be a dose of inspiration and it'll cover a lot of different things, but all threaded through, you know, to be braver in our lives. And so I'm so glad that you enjoyed listening to the audio because I sat in a booth for three days and recorded that. And I got to tell you, actually really, really was inspiring just reading my own book out. And, um, and I'm really glad you enjoyed getting, just listening to it. I did. And the fact that you used your voice, I, I definitely appreciate that. As I mentioned in your bio, uh, I love your Australian accent. <laughs> I just think it's absolutely lovely. Thank you. I've been working on it my entire life. <laughs> I bet. I bet. I love it. I love it. You know, so let's talk about now, you know, I, I also mentioned the bio, in the beginning of the bio that you, you have four kids and I like to use, you know, someone as a demonstration like you, that there's no reason why you can't live, you know, this big, juicy life. So how do women that have either, you know, a full career or an entrepreneur and they have a family, what, what's the best advice you could give them in order for them to like, you know, really go after those big goals? Well, I think as parents, you know, obviously, I, I mean, I grew up in a rural upbringing. It was my, my family, we didn't have overly high uh, standards. So I probably 
was easier for me because I didn't care if my kids weren't always dressed perfectly and if the house wasn't really tidy. And I think we create a rod for our own back because we have these super high and often unrealistic expectations of how, who we're supposed to be as a mother, what our house is supposed to look like and our kids are all should be in matching outfits. And I've met people who literally one child gets dirty. I, we were living in McLean, Virginia for seven years. And I was a mum at my school and we both had little four-year-old boys. And we both had five-year-old boys as well. <laughs> and she said, oh, I have to go back in the house today because one of the boys spilled something as we were getting in the car to go to school. And I was like, are you serious? You changed both their outfits because they had matching outfits. And it, I, my brain couldn't comprehend that. Um, like my kids, you know, we don't even do matching outfits anyway. I'm like, I'm just happy if they're like dressed. <laughs> um, I mean, they're older now, so I don't have to worry about that. But, but I do think one is to lower the expectations. And that sometimes I think we set the bar too high for ourselves. And we think we have to be perfect parent to be a great parent. And I say to every mom, how can you inspire and tell your kids, go out and pursue your dreams? If you are not also pursuing your own, and that doesn't mean you don't do it at a much lower scale when they're young. Um, I, I certainly, you know, I don't know what I've done if I didn't have kids, but I, you know, I just did it at a much slower pace. But to those who are already busy and working and you're going, how do I do it? You know, I think give yourself permission um, not to do everything brilliantly all the time. I mean, it's hard to have every burner. You think your work burner and your social life burner and you your family kids burner and your body burner, you know, have all of those brilliant once is, is unrealistic, you know, so maybe lower this. I think sometimes we've got to lower the bar, even though I say aim high and think big. I think when we're trying to get it, give ourselves a 10 out of 10 on every parameter, it's exhausting and we can't do it when we give up. Uh, and I really do believe if there's something in you as a burning desire, something you really want to do, you you owe it to yourself, you owe it to your family to pursue it. You may not pursue it at the speed you'd like, but, but you do everyone a disservice when you don't do that. And I started writing my first book when I had four kids under seven. And, you know, I, I literally would go in every day when there was nap time and I would just try and just do an hour a day in the afternoons. You know, I didn't have the level of help. Um, you know, I, I, I wasn't off in a corporate environment. I was largely at home in those days. I mean, my oldest is now 20, so I don't even have four teenagers anymore. One of them's no longer a teenager. But, you know, I just, I think it's, we just cannot sell ourselves short and buy into the belief that we can't do the things that our heart really wants us to do. But we have to be more creative and more open-minded about how we do it and, you know, getting more help. Um, and, and maybe saying no to things that aren't really aligned with what you want most. I know my social life, you know, at times I can't go to do a lot of things that other women I know might be doing because I'm like, I just won't have time in the day to do the thing most want to do. And sometimes that hurts and you let people down and, you know, they're disappointed. But really being clear about what is it that's most important to me. And I think when we're really clear about what we most want to say yes to, it helps us get the clarity and the courage to say no to everything else. And we do need to say no a lot. I, need, I have to say no all the time. And I don't like saying no. I like to say yes. But I know that that is not honouring the most important work that I'm, you know, I feel passionate to, to do. Mm, such great advice. So what you're saying is like give yourself permission to go after things that are inspiring and not think that you have to be perfect. You know, you have to 
be all things to everyone, especially oh, with your family. And let's face it, um, you know, there are a lot of people who are living lives of immaculate mediocrity. They look brilliant. They look beautiful. Their home is beautiful. Everything is beautiful. But I'm like, what are you doing with your one and only precious life that really feeds your soul? And it's in a world where we're getting bombarded with what it is to, for how we're supposed to look, uh, particularly as women. And, uh, you know, it, we can just get caught up so much in that that we lose ourselves. We lose ourselves behind the mask that we're putting up. And, um, you know, it's funny, as you started talking, I'm like, oh, I just put a singlet top on. I sort of forgot this was a video interview. <laughs> I'm like, oh, well, it'll do. You know, not exactly my most professional attire. But, um, but I think sometimes it's like, you know what, it's okay. Yeah, I could be looking better right now, but this is fine. Good enough is good enough. It's fine. What, what, are we, what are we here to talk about? And so I go through the same thought process myself, but then it's like, ah, oh, what is it that really matters? And, you know, we've got to be so careful that not to get distracted by the, the vast majority of things that don't really matter when we get to the lump sum of what our lives are about. Mm, yeah, absolutely. Now, you had mentioned earlier, uh, you were talking about beliefs uh, and, and mindset, and that is something that I'm definitely uh, inspired to talk about, to teach. So how do you see in the corporate world uh, women, a woman's mindset as it pertains to her wanting to you know, either speak her truth, like have that brave conversation, or go to the next level in her career on um, mm -hmm. as opposed to a man like what do you see the the, the differences are oh look there's there's actually lots of differences yeah i mean gender has no power i do a lot of women's leadership programs in companies globally and and you know you see patterns over time and i'm, I'm actually now also doing my phd and i'm deep diving on that difference between women and men and our our relationship with power and influence and women how much of it is how we are neurologically wired because we are wired differently and how much of it is how we're socialized because we are raised differently but and how much of it is this the work the environment the norms of our organization and our community and and our family but women tend to doubt themselves more women tend to second guess their decision, second guess their capability that much more. We are also, we are naturally more cautious, which isn't always a bad thing. We don't do as many stupid, reckless things, but sometimes that caution can be over caution as well. And we can hold back at the very moments we should speak up, put our hand up, lean in. And I mean, I'm sure many women listening to this have heard that example of, you know, a man's got six of the 10, you know, attributes they're looking for in the job. A woman's got 10 out of 10 and she's still like, oh yeah. And I've seen that play out so many times, you know, going, oh, I don't know if I'm quite ready for that. Whereas a guy will often just go, I'll just take it on and figure it out as I go. I'll build the plan as I fly it. I'll just, I'll just wing it. And I think for women, we have to give ourselves more permission to wing it as we go, to figure it out as we go, to, to take those risks, to take career risks, to back ourselves, and to not wait until we are absolutely certain we can't fail and we know exactly what we're doing because we wait too long, if that's how long, if that's where, if that's what our, you know, our criteria is, I have to know exactly what I'm doing and I can't mess up, we've waited too long. 
Mm. Yeah, you know, it, it rings true because I have always, well, for myself, I've always been a winged woman. So <laughs> I'm kind of the opposite. But let, let's talk about, because I know you have, uh, in, in some of your presentations that I've heard, you talk about the cost of inaction. So not speaking your truth, yeah. not going after your, your big goals. So I was wondering if you could speak more about that. Yeah. Well, and actually this is, you know, a psychology as well. We tend to focus more on what could go wrong than on what could go right, more on what we could lose than on what we could gain. Likewise, we tend to discount that cost of inaction and go, well, I won't do it now, maybe next year, or it's not so bad. I'll just hang out in this role a bit longer. But we don't always uh, really give due consideration to what is the cost to me, opportunity cost, relationship cost, financial cost, there's a whole lot of different costs, of me not taking this action, whether it's making a change to something that's not working, whether it's stepping into a new role and something that's different, that's un but it's also unfamiliar, whether it's speaking up and having a difficult conversation with a colleague or your boss or asking for something you want or even with your partner, there is a cost to inaction and we often downplay it and we go, ah, uh, sometimes we just engage in just pure wishful Pollyanna thinking, oh, hopefully it'll just sort itself out. And anything that's not working right now in your life doesn't tend to just get better on its own. Actually, over time, it just gets worse. And so delay grows increasingly expensive and in many different ways. And so while today might not be the perfect time, do not tell me that it's two years from now. You know, uh, you know, generally it's like sooner often is better than later. And be really mindful of what is it costing you and what else are you putting at risk when you don't do that, whatever that thing is, whatever action it is, often which requires a level of vulnerability and a discomfort. And, you know, it can make us feel oh, pretty nervous. I love that. It's so true. And one of the quotes I want to bring up that I just really love is that you say, if all you do what is comfortable, you'll never do what you're capable of. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, no, true. And I remember actually people ask sometimes saying to me, what's some of the bravest things you've ever done? And, you know, I feel like I've done lots of brave. I've just launched a podcast myself, the Live Brave podcast. And I didn't, I don't really know how to launch a podcast. I mean, I, you know, you're kind of like figuring it out. I'm sure I'll look back and go, well, I could have done that better and that better, but just, I'm just going to launch it anyway. But I remember having my fourth child. How can I possibly have four kids and pursue what really felt like a calling for me, even though I wasn't quite sure where it would go. I knew in this whole coaching, but supporting, empowering people. And, and I didn't have any role models. And it really was a case of just, I have to trust myself that I'll figure it out as I go. And I stand by that still. And I say that with people, whether it's taking on a bigger job, taking a business, expanding it, whatever it is, you've got to give yourself that permission to figure it out as you go and trust that you've got the resources inside you to do that. You might not know how to do it now today, but you can figure it out. And I think often this idea of self-trust that we don't trust ourselves fully to figure it out. And, you know, I, one of my little favorite things is to choose faith over fear and, you know, a faith in myself, faith in the universe, faith in God that created me, faith that I can do what it, it is I need to do, 
versus being sitting there living from a place of fear of, oh, what could go wrong? And what if I fail? And what if I mess up? And, you know, what if I make a mistake? And what will people say? And, and because fear can so often just sit there in the driver's seat and drive our decisions. But what if you operated from a place of faith in yourself, faith in your own adequacy? You are enough. You can figure it out. You've got this. Don't worry. Even if things don't go perfectly, you'll figure that out. Um, and it really shifts the space in which, from which we live from, which, from which we parent from, from which we work from and lead from. I love that. You know, it, it rings so true because I'm thinking about something that I'm going through right now. I just launched a second company. Uh, it's a wine label specifically de uh, designed for women to inspire dialogue for change. And a lot of the things, especially uh, when, when you're working in uh, alcoholic industry, there's so many regulations. So I'm kind of just like, yeah. okay, what do I do next? <laughs> I bet. I bet. I look forward to trying that wine sometime. <laughs> awesome. Yeah. Well, if you're ever in the States, because we can't ship it to uh, Singapore. No, I'm, I'm there a lot. I'm there a lot. So I'll have to make sure I get my hands on a bottle. You, you <laughs> let me know. The next time you're in the States, I'll, I'll, ship, a, I'll ship a bottle to you. <laughs> So, Margie, well, let's talk about, uh, you know, what we can do as women, like every single day. I, I truly believe, you know, if we live in the moment and we start thinking differently, then we can take the action. We can take the inspired action. So what are some of the success rituals that you do personally or that you tell uh, other women to do on a daily basis? Yeah, yeah, I, I, I'm a massive proponent, advocate, preacher of our daily rituals. And yes, weekly and monthly, but daily are the ones that I, I think are probably the most profoundly impactful. The small little things we do every day that people can't see, I believe, set us up to create the big results in our lives that people go, wow, how did you do that? And, and so for me, exercising... Um, is so important. I can't, I, I really struggle to feel I'm at my best self if I haven't moved my body. <laughs> and sometimes I, I do a lot of travel um, and I'm often, I'm often in the US, I'm often, I'm often around the world and, you know, I'm dealing with jet lag and I'm maybe in a strange hotel in a strange city, whatever. And so, you know, even if it's just stretching in my hotel room and doing one, you know, seven minute workout on my app or something like that, but something that's just woken my body up and made me feel better, that's really, to me, You've got to prioritize taking care of yourself physically. I mean, it's sleeping enough, eating well, and moving your body, whatever form of movement you want to do. Um, so that's really key. Secondly, taking just some time in the day, and for me early on in the day, to just get centered. You know, what is it that I most want to accomplish, move, do today? And who do I need to be to do that? And so, you know, often I just try and identify like this three to five things, like these are the things that if I get these done today or moved ahead, that'll be great because it's easy to get distracted. I mean, I literally have like 300 things I could be doing, but what are the, what are the top three that are moving me toward the biggest vision? Because I think the trivial many can so easily cloud out those vital few. Um, I, you know, if I, in a sense, the spiritual practice for me, I'm writing in a journal or writing something down, just, just taking a few moments to be grateful and to get centered that way as well. Um, I mentioned, you know, getting clear about who I want to be. Like, who do I want to be for the people in my life, for my husband, for my kids, for clients, for speaking a big audience, 
for anyone who I may encounter over the course of the day. So I do think it's so important to just be very um, deliberate in how we start our days and how we move through our days. And it's easy to get pulled off and be mindless. So those little mindful practices for anyone who practices mindfulness, you know, it's an, it's a, it's an, it's a modern buzzword, but it's an ancient practice and just to get centered and even just do a little bit of <sighs> a few mindful breaths over the course of the day can just, okay, bring me back to here. Ha, huh. you know, deal with some of those little, those emotions that can pull us down and come back to what is it that I need to do now that is, is, is most important. Mm, I, I love those things. And they're so simple yet so powerful and they become yeah. part, part of who you are, you know, too. And I think if they get too complicated, actually, that's not it. I mean, I don't say here's 27 things you must do by 6am because that's not going to happen. I'm like, just try and breathe. And if you're watching this now, please just take a couple of breaths. Just notice how that shifts, how you feel. Because just that, just that. If you just did that once a day, your day would be better than if you didn't do it. So keep it simple, make it easy, make it really doable. Mm, yeah, I, I definitely agree. And, and Margie, you know, how important do you think it is to get uh, a mentor? Yeah, look, I've never had one mentor. I'd like to, I, I feel like I, I probably came up short on a lot of that. And maybe it's because I've moved, I don't know, but I, but that, but the flip side of that is I feel like I've had many mentors, many people who, um, whose wisdom and, and experiences I know can be useful in helping me make better decisions and be wiser. And so obviously specifically with an organization, um, it's, I think it's really valuable to find someone who can help you, you can bounce things off, who understands maybe the organizational dynamics that you're dealing with or the business dynamics of the market that you're in. Um, and I, I just went away with a couple of day, for a couple of days with a couple of women who are business owners. We, we, we're all doing different things, but we, we, we kind of, I said, look, can we just like make this a mini retreat, not just a girl's weekend? Like, let's just write down what are our visions and let's share that with each other. And then let's kind of ask questions and like really try and hone down. What is it? Clarify that. Where are we, where do we need to get, more clarity where do we need to put a game plan in place what does it need to change what do we need to let go of and i think having people in your life they may not have walked your path ahead of you which is typically what a mentor is but they are they're insightful and they're wise and they're big thinking and they get stuff and having people like that in your life you know a board of advisors your own personal board of advisors i think there's such value in that and certainly that's something I've, I've really tried to cultivate myself and, and put myself sometimes in places where I think I'm going to meet those people, join groups, um, you know, go where do you think those kind of people will be, um, which is actually how I met those, the couple of women I was just referring to. I love that. You know, so, so mentoring can actually come in uh, many different forms. And I was going to say, uh, you, you know, getting someone's book, just like I got yours, you know, you, you can download that book and, and there you go. You feel like they're right there yeah. with you. Yeah, absolutely. And, and, and even, you know, I'll sometimes think, what would this person do in my circumstance? You know, they're a really smart strategic thing. What would they say if I can't, maybe I can call them, but what if I can't? But yeah, reading books, you're getting the insights of someone else. And if you value that, yeah, what, how, would, how would their principles, how would their philosophy apply to what I'm dealing with here? That in mm. itself 
So I think we need to think bigger than beyond the traditional mentor who's three steps above you in an organizational, you know, structure, you know, so think laterally too and be diverse. I think we get more when we have a diverse network of people to draw from. If everyone that you go to looks like you, sounds like you, thinks like you, has walked a similar path from you, you actually, you've all got blanket thinking. You know, like, it's great. Talk to people who are 25, you know, if you're not 25. Talk to people who are older, younger, from a different cultural background than you, um, who work in a different industry than you. If you're a left brain, talk to a right brain person. You know, if you're really, you know, if you're really, if you're really creative, talk to someone who's analytical. Um, I think it's just really good to mix it up. And, uh, and I, I think we get value from all of the different perspectives. I love it. I love it. Margie, this has been absolutely <laughs> fabulous sharing your fearless formula for being brave. And before we go, where can people learn about you and your work? Ah, well, I would just uh, encourage people, love you, to pop over to my website, which is margiewarrell.com. And Margie, for Americans, is it's spelt like Margie, but I pronounce it with a hard G. So margiewarrell.com, and I'm sure you'll, you'll share that URL as well. And um, I also encourage people, yes, yeah, sign up for my newsletter. And please, if you're a podcast listener, I'd love you to listen to my Live Brave podcast too. Absolutely. We'll put all of those links in the show notes. Well, Margie, again, thank you so much for being my guest today. My pleasure. So lovely to be with you. And I want to thank everyone that is tuning in today. Until next time, this is Heather Picken. Take care, everyone. So if you like what you hear on this podcast, please rate, review, and subscribe. Interested in becoming a sponsor or learning more about leadership for women's performance using neuroscience or business coaching, contact support at heatherpicken.com. And don't forget to grab my latest book, The La Dolce Vita Formula, by going to fearlessandfabulousbook.com. That's fearlessandfabulousbook.com.